What is the path to awakening supposed to look like, to feel like? How do you know if you are on it? We ask these very sacred and sometimes vulnerable questions to many different women from all walks of life. A conversation that needs to be shared and heard. I'm Jo Hendy. I'm Amanda Parker. And welcome to the Girl Awakening Podcast. Good morning, Amanda. Hallelujah, here we are. <laughs> Just so excited. So me. So, so me. <laughs> me, my, me, I. Song, singing, yes. the words are flowing this morning in a, in a very um, altruistic way. I think we're going to go places. I do too. I have mm. that feeling. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a, an interesting time and the ladies that we've been getting in have been very interesting. Oh, out of this world, literally. I feel like they're coming in just for us. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that is, and because of us, for you, our listeners, mm. because the potency of these times is just so very dynamic and yeah. so very real. Like it's, you know, the air's moving around you and the wind's not blowing. <laughs> oh, I like that. Well, it's all happening. You're singing the poetry. <laughs> I think our, our guest is moving us already. Yes, mm. yeah. Um, speaking of our guest, I know we usually do a bit of a spiel, a bio, but with this lady, I just mm. jumped on her website and I, Amanda and I were sitting here just like blown away with how beautiful her website is for starters but how honest it is so yes. i just grabbed a little bit of her wordings and um i'm going to read it uh, we are going to read it today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so while this lady was on the journey of her awakening this is what her mind told her that it was easier to stay where she was that she would come up against deeply personal and family patterning and behaviors that simply wouldn't budge we know that well. Yeah. That her family and friends, clients and colleagues would think she was totally nuts with no fucking idea what she was talking about. It actually didn't say You added that, that word I in. That word. <laughs> it was in there, but it was like half, it was you know, half in there. Um, that, she would be, that she would drown, that death was a distinct possibility. Wow, wow, wow. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah. Finally, her soul said, you're here, let's go. All she knew was she had to stop playing small. Stop assuming that everyone outside of her was right. Stop splashing around in the shallows and jump into the deep end of her life and business to strip away what wasn't mine, hers, to begin with and really live the life she envisaged envisioned for herself. I just all I could oh. do was not to cry <laughs> because it's just so powerful and it just dives really deeply into oh, it's your just, essence. It's so resonating. I could be me reading that about myself. It could be you reading it. About we, I think we are. That's like, why we shared. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And why we're welcoming this beautiful lady who's driven yes. to get here today, Helen Joy Butler. Thank you for coming in and being with us. Thank you for having oh. me. It's beautiful to be here in your yes. gorgeous space. Yes, we love our space. It's, um, it's got a lot of magical energy with all the women that we've had come mm. in and share their, their journey. You know, it's added to the space and everybody that comes in says, wow, this feels so nice. And it really does. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, beautiful. Oh, we can't wait to see. We've been connecting a little bit just before we push record and mm-hmm. 
the rivers just feel like it wants to run because there's you know everything's just <laughs> <laughs> it's all that Scorpio energy already coming through yeah oh we're excited about that mm. yeah mm. um and you know it's a we're going to go there but obviously that Scorpio energy we've talked a little bit around and you felt um with our discussions in previous podcasts around astrology that it was very relevant and obviously relevant to understanding yourself but you know if you don't know a lot about Scorpio listeners it's about going deep mm. and it is about death and it is about esoteric energies and it is about um you know the mud look the lotus grows in and transcendence through that yeah. so we're going to ask you straight away Helen how did your awakening <laughs> begin and I think there's going to be a few s's as in awakenings Totally, Mm -hmm. yes. Um, I'm on the other side of 50 now, so there's definitely been more than one Mm. in that process. Mm -hmm. And when I was thinking about that question prior to arriving here today, and I have been thinking about it for a couple of weeks now, it was really challenging to pinpoint the first. Mm. The reason being, I was born this way. Yeah. And I think when you're born this way, meaning you're connected to two worlds, you're open to spirituality you can see sense feel hear acknowledge all of those energies around you from a very early age Mm. the way i grew up that wasn't okay yeah and so that vibration really had to have a lid Mm. put on it so that's actually really hard when you're you know born this beautiful being Mm. and you can connect with all of these other energies around you but your family of origin is not okay with that and so Mm. my father did have an inkling towards spirituality meaning we grew up in the country and one thing that my dad always used to talk about was the min min light do you know about the Min Min oh, Light? Oh, I hadn't heard of that. Of, uh, is it Indigenous? Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. And we're not of Indigenous heritage at all. Oh. Yes. But my dad used to do a lot of driving around during the evening for his work. <laughs> and he would see the Min Min Light and that would always guide him home safely. Oh. So I always knew that was part of his soul and he used to also do water divining. Oh, gosh. And his <laughs> mum, my grandma used to do water divining as well wow and so i kind of knew that they were okay because we grew up in the country and i don't know for some reason those two things seem to be mm. they're fine we can cope with those but anything else that might have been i can see a certain energy or i can feel or sense a certain energy mm. i just know this energy is there mm. that wasn't okay mm. But the fascinating thing, because I work as a space clearer, so I, I heal homes and land oh, now. Yes. And I was born an identical twin, and my twin sister was an epileptic. Okay. And she was quite sick during our teenage years, mm-hmm. and we shared a bedroom right up until we left home, mm-hmm. which, you know don't recommend that for anyone who's got twins <laughs> let them have separate bedrooms if that's okay um and i would sense and know when she was going to have a fit mm. so i would wake up during the evenings and within five minutes she would have a turn and i would you know call out to mum and you know we do the usual what yeah. we needed to do yeah. 
But and that seemed to be okay because it was like, oh well, they've got this twin connection. Yes, um, there was a reasoning. There's yeah. a reasoning for it. Yet, as I grew up, moved through my twenties and into my thirties, I realised, look, maybe that honed that skill, mm-hmm. being in that bedroom mm-hmm. with my sister. Oh yeah, but. Fast forward, and I think this is a fascinating connection, but Mm. fast forward to my early 30s. I'd been teaching. Um, I was a primary school teacher for 10 years and I was at a swimming pool with my class, with my teaching colleagues, because we we taught in pairs. We had, you know, 50 children or something. And we'd have a half an hour time slot at a swimming pool, take the kids, they'd swim, and then we'd go back. And then, you know, the next class would rotate in. And... The children are in the pool and I'm sitting with my teaching partner and I turn and I look at the swimming instructor who's because the children are split into three you know like beginners intermediate and advanced swimmers and the the lady in front of me who was taking the class she was looking at us the teaching instructor mm-hmm. and I turned to my colleague my teaching partner and I said something's not quite right with that lady I took my shoes off. Oh, wow. I turned and I could see her falling into the water. <laughs> so I jumped straight in. I'm a swimmer. Yeah. And I know, I knew what was going down because I sensed yes. the shift of the change of the energy in mm, the space, mm-hmm. right? I didn't know, and to be honest, nobody else in the pool, meaning the people who ran the swimming pool or no other teachers before or after me, had any knowledge mm. around epilepsy. But this lady was having an epileptic fit. And so spirit put me there in that half an hour. I'm getting a little goosebumpy sharing this with you. (laughs) Spirit put me there within that half an hour because they knew I'd be able to sense the energy but also have that practical Mm -hmm. knowledge. Mm. And that to me is a really important part of my journey. It's Mm. like how can I connect with spirit but make it practical mm-hmm. i know that's a, probably an extreme kind of um example but i dived into the swimming pool and i held this beautiful lady mm-hmm. until she'd finished fitting mm. and by this stage one of the um owners or people who managed the pool jumped in and said what's going on and i said this is what's happening yeah um, but nobody knew yeah so even though as a child all of that wisdom that I'd come through with really wasn't considered okay Mm -hmm. you know I heard all those usual terms you ladies have heard them don't be too sensitive you know get over yourself develop a thick skin or your thin's your skin's too thin or whatever all those awful sayings are yeah grew up with all of that patterning and of course I had to then unravel all of that so I think a lot of my awakening experiences have helped unravel another one of those layers yeah to yeah. get me to now be kind of okay walking on this planet. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I do still find it hard sometimes to be here. Yeah. One of my big aha moments again around my spirituality was when I was about 25, so mm. I was teaching, and my dad, who'd been very ill since my twin sister and I were about three, um, when we were 25 dad had to have a quadruple bypass and i was teaching and i to be honest there's probably lots of things going on in my life at the time but i wasn't coping no surprise you know the the strong male figure is you know going through something quite significant and he had been sick for a very long time 
And so that's when I started to go to yoga. Now, can you wind your mind back to when yoga actually had a spiritual aspect to yeah. it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But you know how yoga now and other modalities which did have spirituality intertwined mm. got really stripped away. Mm. And I mean, there's so many different forms of yoga now and there's some still have spirituality, but some are just like going to the gym for, you know, an hour aerobics class. Yeah. And there's not much spirituality mm-hmm. kind of combined with that. Yeah. yeah, very practical. Mm-hmm. But, you know, wind your mind back to more than half my lifetime ago. <laughs> so what are we talking? We're talking, oh, my gosh, I can't even remember the year. Like, it would have been the 1990s. Yeah. Um, and I started to take myself off to yoga classes in the town I was living in. It wasn't in Brisbane. And that was beautiful because we probably do half of it yoga half of it spiritual yeah and I remember having this beautiful experience I was lying on the floor and I was so deep in Mm. meditation or I don't know where I was I wasn't here but I felt like I was literally sunk into the ground Mm. like sunk into the floor Mm. and that was probably one of my first moments of realizing that I lived so far out of my body Mm. that this was like a gift to me to remind me that I'm here on this spiritual plane Mm. sorry physical plane spiritual being Mm, um, and I needed to really work out how to balance the two Mm. because for me Mm. it's really easy even now at 53 it's really easy for me to not be here Mm. because I find this earth and this planet a very challenging Mm. space to be Mm. Um, even driving down here today look at some of the people driving on the road and you think you know what maturity level are you at we all have to live here and it's Mm. really hard for all of us Mm. um but i know for me part of my soul destiny if you like is to really try to embody this little body that Mm. i'm in because i'm not a big person Mm. yet i feel like i've got these big energies coming into me Mm. how can i stay here on the physical plane Mm -hmm. um what is that when you say you know when you say hard to be here or um you know to be grounded what does that mean and what does that feel like to you can you explain mm. just for our listeners to what how that is for you like yeah so first things first i never thought i'd live past 40. okay now that doesn't mean i'm going have to do something bad wish. for yeah. myself yeah. That, that's no. not it at all yeah. i always thought i'd get seriously ill or be in a car accident hit by a bus. like something right. would take me out yeah right but clearly I'm now well on the other side yeah. of 35 to 40. And so I had to really teach myself mm. to be in this body. Right. So, yes, you know, that's all the things that I can do or choose to do, whether it's meditation or walk the dog or like all those kind of things. Yeah. But it's really consciously acknowledging, Helen, you walk on this earth. Mm. You are part of this earth. You are here for a reason. Yeah. Um, and I do all sorts of physical things. And I don't mean I'm, um, gosh, methodical about it and, you know, 10 plan, yeah. 10 li- things on yes. the list I plan yes. to do every single day or anything like that. Mm. But I have what I call a sanctuary toolkit and in it are all sorts of things, whether it's a physical thing, might be essential oils or crystals. It yeah. might be um, a modality, like whether it's, you know, a rattle healing for myself mm-hmm. or some yoga I might do. Or it might be my practitioner who's a osteo or a craniosacral or whatever so i have all of these things in what i call my sanctuary toolkit Mm -hmm. and on any given day i say to myself 
what do I need today mm. to be in this body? Mm-hmm. So this morning, it was dry brushing my body. Yep. So I could literally go, right, I'm here. No, I have to do that drive. We all know how fabulous yeah. that drive from Brisbane to the Gold <laughs> <Yes>. Coast <laughs> yes. is. Um, but then also every day I take magnesium and vitamin C in a drink. Yeah. So that magnesium helps keep my system yeah. operating, given I've got such high vibrational energies coming into me, because mm. it's very easy to kind of get into that, um, I don't know, shaky. Yeah. I don't know that that kind of it, is. Uh, it's um, hypoglycemic kind of, you know, mm. space of, yeah, where you, you're, like physically you describe it around your blood sugars and things like that. But Almost like an anxious or an anxiety feeling. Well, it's kind like of, you, you know, when you don't eat yes, and then you get to a point yes. where you're... Um, it's more than that it's yeah, more like, than that yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you can push yourself when you work in a spiritual space you can push yourself too much and therefore you then live mostly out of your body so it's like how do I get myself back so mm-hmm. I think something like magnesium and vitamin C I've been doing that for years mm-hmm. right um, but then there's all sorts of other things I might put rosemary essential oil on my feet um, mm-hmm. It, it just depends on any given day what I feel like. Some days it's like, I'm just so tired, I'm just going to sleep or rest. Yeah. So it's all about grounding yourself, grounding your body, grounding your your spiritual self too. Like So you don't feel, you don't have those lightheaded feelings. Yeah, it's kind of like the image that's coming to me is like this cord. Yeah. So it's like, here's my physical body. Yeah. And then here's a cord with my spiritual essence. Yes. And how do I keep that cord? It, it's I don't want to like have one drag down like I'm yeah. like an anchor. Yes. It's not like that. It's just my how can that be fluid and flow? Yeah. So that I can be operating on yeah. you know, mm. as a mum and as a business yeah. owner and as a friend and a family member. How yeah. can I operate? Mm. As a good neighbour, how can I show kindness to the people around me? Yeah. Um it's so it's not how can I separate those two it's how can they work together and in conjunction it's Mm -hmm. more than um how can I ground myself by for example going out in nature or doing yes I do all of that stuff Mm -hmm. but there's a different cognitive process I think for me where I just go I am these two things as you said in that beautiful intro Mm -hmm. at one stage it was Helen was all in her head because yeah. that's what everyone told us she should do. Tick yes. all those boxes. Yes. We've all done that. Mm-hmm. You know, mum, marriage, house, etc. Yes. Um, but now how do I, as this spiritual being, because that's who I see myself as. And mm. always have. By the and always have. Yeah. Yeah. How can yeah. I bring her yes. into this body daily as opposed to how can I keep this body on the ground? Yeah, and just it's kind of a both, all three combined somehow. Yes. Weird, the know. reason why I ask is I think because a lot – a lot of people are doing the opposite. A lot of people mm. are extremely, like, here on the planet, you know, we're, we're, we're dense, dense we're, mm-hmm. we're conditioned, we've got all of these patterns and beliefs from family and, you know, all of that. And we're literally dying to, to want to feel that connection. Mm. And so then we have to start unlayering all that stuff. Where for me it feels like you came in um, – already wide open knowing knowing who you were source and then you all these conditions started coming on to you but you were it was like a fight an opposite fight kind of thing it was yeah Yeah. and yet i'm really glad that you mentioned that because there was a period of time and i'm trying to remember how old i was i think it was either late 30s or early 40s it felt really important to me to own the label of i am psychic yeah right right? really important yeah um 
But what was I doing? The opposite of everything I've just said to you, yeah. right? I was taking myself off and astral traveling and doing all the things yeah. and, you know, going to the retreats and going to the workshops and the, I don't know, the weekly whatevers I was going to. And I was taking myself out of my body. Yeah. I was already out of my body. Yeah. Why would I want to do that? But there was something, again, this is all this process, right? Yes. This is all the awakening Exploring. process. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, I'd, I'd had to put the lid on all of that mm. as a kid. Yeah. And then I stepped into the, you know, did all, I mean, this is ridiculous. I've got five degrees, right? So I did all the degrees. I got married. I had the blah, blah, blah. It's did all wild. the things. Yeah. Yeah. So I really put the lid yes. on it. Yeah. yeah. And then I went, oh, well, now I'm going to swing fully the yeah. place. Like the pendulum. <laughs> now everyone has to know I'm psychic. Everyone has to know I can do this weird shit. Like everyone has to know. But what was I doing? I was yeah. taking myself more out of my body. Yeah. And then I felt more disconnected with the, pe- the most important people around me who were my husband and my child. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, of course, I did what I think um, – many of us tend to do is we externalize which is what you said in the intro we externalize and we go well uh, helen's put on this mask and she's this thing and she's has all these roles um and if i take that off one by one that layer by layer is this person still going to love me is this person still going to like me Mm. and i remember i've shared this before so um not with you ladies but somewhere else um i said to my husband and there's a word in this sentence that you'll you'll know what it is that i didn't need to be said, but it needs to be said to him because he's very much a muggle. Yeah. He's less muggle now, but he was very I muggle. love that word, <laughs> muggle. He's very muggle then. Um, what does muggle mean? Human. <laughs> yes, oh. Harry Potter. Term, oh, okay. I have, yeah, okay. Yeah, so if you're a muggle, you're a human. Okay. If you're a wizard, you're okay. Harry Potter, right? <laughs> Didn't know that. I've learned something today. Um, but I said to my husband, it took a lot of guts to say this because, you know, let's face it, the po- closest people to us, it's yeah. hard to yeah. often do these things. I said to him, I think I'm psychic. <laughs> now, you know which word needed yeah. to come out. Right? Um, and he said to me, I don't believe in psychics. Oh, man. So how hard is that to hear yeah. from the most intimate relationship you have? Yeah. Really hard, Yeah. right? Mm. So then two years later, because I had to do all this, because I'm the Scorpio, five-time Scorpio, I had to do all the unraveling. I had to go deep. I had to deal with my own inner shit, yeah. really. Yeah. And then I said to him again two years later, you won't remember this conversation, but I do because it was very pivotal to yeah. me. Yeah. I said, this is what I said and this was your reaction. And I got a totally different response mm-hmm. from him, right, two years later. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I worked really hard on myself and I worked really hard on educating him slowly by the little breadcrumbs yeah. and the little you know, droplets of water mm-hmm. to get to a point where I said, okay, did, you told me that you didn't believe in psychics, but I know that this is part of my makeup. Mm. And he's like, oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't know that that was what mm. I said. And, you know, can we talk about that a bit more now? Wow, so, but it's interesting too because yeah. there's something else that happens in that too is that you, you – I think I'm a psychic, so you already had some doubt in yourself. No, no, I knew. Yeah. yeah. But I was softening it for, for him. him. Yeah. And he was giving you your, the reflection of, well, no. I don't believe in psychics. So yes. come back to me when you're more, you know, when you actually want to tell me that you really are and you know that you are. Yes. Kind of thing. And when you did, yeah. he was like accepting of it. It's yes. so beautiful, isn't it? How yeah. we just get exactly the people around us are so there for us. But also amazing that you chose to go that pathway of oh. exploring yourself and educating him in a way that wasn't threatening yes. mm. but also but supportive 
um, to care about you, both of yourselves mm. in yes. that in that way where okay well I'm you know have it working for you instead of like you know pulling everything you know burning burning the bridges if you want to say well you know you don't take it personally have a fight or you know break up all that kind of stuff mm. because you know you're obviously not my person <laughs> <laughs> well it's not as if we didn't go through that of course no. <laughs> but you know um, there's so many people in this space mm-hmm. who well i don't know i want to say find it easy just to go well i'll move on from that partner yes um, yeah because they're not on the same wavelength as yeah. opposed to i need him because he's yeah. super grounded yeah what have i just said i need grounding he's the right person yeah. for me yeah but he he had also experienced a few things over the years because mm. we've been together since we we're 21 where he knew his wife wasn't yeah in a box he wasn't in the box, yeah. Um, where I've said, because he's a cyclist, right? And really, uh, I remember one night it was pouring rain in Brisbane and he was to go riding the next morning. It was supposed, the rain was supposed to have cleared, but the roads are obviously very dangerous mm. still. Um, and I went to bed and I just had this thing going through my heart and soul going, oh, he really shouldn't go tomorrow. He really shouldn't go tomorrow. He really ah. shouldn't go tomorrow. And I was like, okay, get up before your, your brain explodes, Helen. So I got up and because he was working late into the evening and I said, look, you don't have to listen to this. Yeah. But I really don't think you should go riding tomorrow. I think it's too unsafe. Oh, yeah. And then I went to bed. And I thought, okay, good. I, I, yes. I shared the message. I've done, yes. done my job. It's his job now. And then I woke up the next morning and he was at home. Oh. And I said, oh, so you didn't go riding. He said, no. I listened to you and you freaked me out too much. Oh, that's beautiful that he listened to you and he, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'd had a couple of those kind of, mm. you know, situations yeah. throughout the years. Freaked you out, He you freaked him out slash he trusted you. Yes, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. like a that's double-sided coin you know. for him because he really wanted to do it, but he wanted to trust his yeah. wife. So. Yeah. That's yeah. really beautiful. And look, a lot of the things you've spoken, you've spoken about, um, they it's in our questions, you know. Yeah. We've kind of fast-forwarded a lot, but we are going to go to the second question anyway because I think it'll be really interesting for not only us but our listeners. So um, we know that you've already been thinking very outside the box since you've been a young girl, but when did you first notice a shift in your thoughts about the world around you that was not exactly how you thought it was? Was there a, was there a moment where you were like started questioning things? There were three moments in about two years which were really close which Mm kind of leads into you know the NDE kind of stuff as well um so we're okay talking about women's issues oh absolutely okay okay great um so when I was about 30 31 I started had a lot of abdominal pain Mm -hmm. and that went on for two years and doctors were hopeless mm. and couldn't diagnose or chose not to diagnose you know women in their pain yeah yeah <laughs> particularly abdominal pain they uh-huh. kind of just yeah panadol go home <laughs> and one stage i was doubled over i couldn't stand up and, oh. and a doctor at a hospital said to me what did you have for dinner last night and i said oh i had curry and he says i don't eat curry anymore oh, oh my god like and i didn't curry my whole life but it wasn't that right yeah um you knew i knew it yes. wasn't that and i just kept trying to search for answers but I found, so my husband and I at this stage, we found ourselves in Melbourne. We'd lived there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then we were moving back to Brisbane. And in that time, we decided to go on that beautiful Europe holiday that everybody mm. goes on. Well, yeah. hopefully everyone gets a chance yeah. to go on a big holiday of yeah. some sort. And so we were over there for two months. And one morning, and I remember it distinctly, we were in Paris and I found myself on the floor in the bathroom 
with such abdominal pain. So this was towards the end of that two years. Yeah. I'm like going, I can't do this anymore. There's something like yeah, what? I don't know. Mm. So then when we came home, we were moving back to Brisbane and I went to a female medical centre mm-hmm. who specialised in women's gynae kind of stuff. Yeah. And that lady sent me off because um, doctors previously had done external um, yes. ultrasoundy stuff, yeah. but she sent me off for internal stuff. Don't recommend that. But anyway, yes. that's, that's <laughs> another story. Yes, yes. 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 Um, and they found fibroids. Yes. So within the time of them finding the fibroids and me going in for surgery was two weeks. Wow. And my GP on the other side said to me that the specialist was really worried about me because within that two weeks I'd lost a lot of weight and mm-hmm. I obviously looked very unhealthy in his eyes since when he first met me. Mm-hmm. So I went in and the fibroids were so large, they have to... In, Look, I'm no doctor, so I'm just sharing my experience. So mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, well, it's your body. I, it's my body. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they were so like you had to cut through like you would a caesarean yes. to remove the fibroids yeah. as opposed to vaginally. Yeah. yeah. And so, I don't know, one was the size of a grapefruit and one was the size of an orange or something like wow. that. Wow. So they'd been pushing inwards on my bowel and everything, right. plus all of these issues yes. with my gut and my period and all of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, right? Yeah. So I went in and I had that surgery. So this is kind of the first of the three things that mm-hmm. happened. Um, went in and had that surgery. And you know how then after surgery they take you out and there's the post-op thing? Yeah. And you're too out of it. You don't really know what's going on anyway. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, when I came out of the anaesthetic and mm. was semi-conscious, one of the nurses said to me, oh, my gosh, we thought we were going to lose you last night. You go, you gave us a real scare. So she said that while you're awake. Yeah. <laughs> to me, first thing, first thing, <laughs> but my my belly isn't sore as what you can possibly imagine, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm not quite sure how to process that. Yeah. And I don't really know, even to this day, what that meant. But yeah. I figured what she was telling me was I kind of went to the brink. Yeah. And they had to do some special stuff mm. to bring me back. And this is really important because this relates to the third thing, which is really the NDE. Yeah. Um, so this is why it's a part, really important part of the yeah. whole story. So that took a long time to heal from. Yeah, big. Um, you know, they say take, you know, this amount of weeks off work and you really need double that kind of deal. I would started a new job, so that was <laughs> pretty hopeless. Mm. But anyway, I did what I could do. Um, and came to the other side, thankfully, of that operation. Mm. And then on the other side of that operation, it was time to, for us to start a family. Oh. We decided we wanted to have a bubba. And that pregnancy, I was so overjoyed mm. and so excited for. And then 14 weeks later was a big fat mess mm. on the floor because mm. it resulted in a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which was really, many women have suffered miscarriage Mm. and pregnancy loss of some sort. And I don't think we share enough about it, Mm. to be honest. Um, But one of the main challenges for me, well, there were two main challenges. One, we had already told people. Yeah. Because we were excited. Well, we were, we were far enough on the other side. Yeah, yeah. you know how everyone oh, waits the yes. three months yep. or the yeah, yeah. twelve weeks or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were far enough on the other side. It was our Christmas gift to our family because that was mm-hmm. the timing of you know our calendar. 
Um, and then in the new year, it wasn't. Mm. And that was really, really difficult. The second challenge that really came with that for me was the response from the people around me. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like there was the nurturing or the caring that I needed. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, get up, get on with it, move forward kind of deal. Mm. Um, I remember someone in my family just sending me flowers, which is, is a beautiful gesture. Mm. I'm not judging that. But then there was no conversation behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not how I roll. Like I really want, I want you to come and mm-hmm. blubber in my arms mm-hmm. or alternatively let me blubber in your arms mm-hmm. yeah. and be held safe. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that. And so that took a quite a period of time. I, you know, I was still trying to get over all the crap that went down with that operation. And mm-hmm. now here I was literally within the same 12 months having been pregnant, having been excited, and then having a loss of a bubba. So that was really hard. (laughs) So that's like the second death experience in 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Then I fall pregnant again after a period of time, which led to our now beautiful boy, earthbound boy, who is nearly 18. Wow. Um, Mm. And he... When I was pregnant with him, it was such a joyous experience. Obviously, we kept things much closer to our chest. Mm-hmm. We, it's not that we um, are the flamboyant, tell everybody at the drop of a hat, mm-hmm. you know, the news that we were pregnant with the first pregnancy. We'd waited. But with this one, we were really much more careful. You know, even things like not going places where alcohol might have been served in case someone guessed that Helen was pregnant, that yeah. kind of thing. Yes, we just yes. kept it really contained. Very protective. Yeah. And I suppose that's a really good analogy for how I am with him now because mm-hmm. it's not that I'm a, a helicopter mum or, you know, that kind of, but I'm really protective and we have this beautiful safe space in our home where anything can be said and mm. we all just love each other unconditionally. Mm. It's really beautiful. Mm. It took us a long time to get there, mm-hmm. but, you know, because teenager... You're all independent beings. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So I fell pregnant with our son, um, and yes, we kept that really close and nurturing. Mm. But because I've had that fibroid experience where they had to cut through to Mm. my uterus, it was suggested that I have a planned cesarean. And we already know some of the psyche around society and the idea that you might have a planned cesarean um because let's face it everyone's supposed to have a natural birth and and i really wanted that mm-hmm. um and i also really wanted a big family mm-hmm. but we'll get to why <laughs> there's only one um and so i was loved that pregnancy i remember singing to him rubbing my belly all the mm. time like i just really adored yeah. being pregnant um, and all, all the cool clothes that go yes. with it, of course. Yes. I just love so that fun. as well. That's fun. Um, not the big princess Diana, you know, free, free things. Like, you know, the, fun. <laughs> <Plus> <laughs> the fun, you know, clothes. Um, and so then yeah, we had a plant cesarean, which was what, what, a week or so before his due date. Everything went fine with the pregnancy. Not a worry whatsoever, except the fact that I'm really small and he was really big mm. um, and he didn't drop. So other than that, the last two weeks of his pregnancy was me lying on the sofa with the air con <laughs> yeah. or floating in the swimming pool um, to get the water. God, that's so good, isn't it? Being yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. So, yeah, so we had a 9 a.m. cesarean scheduled and we had to arrive at 7 a.m. 
Isn't it funny the things that you remember? Yeah. Right. So we arrived at 7 a.m. And, you know, they did the things, you know, you get undressed, you put the gown on, you wait in the room, blah, blah, blah. Then you get on the thing and they wheel you into the operating theatre. And so hubby and I are at one end, you know, they put the sheet up and all the business is happening down the other mm. end. Um, and the I remember distinctly the – it was my left arm, the um, – Anas- yeah, 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 had been put into. Well, they'd obviously done my yeah, um, epidural. Epidural. Yeah, that's very hard. Yeah, yeah. God, any woman, any being, is any person's had an epidural. Full mm. respect, because it's um, not a pleasant. Experience. It's it's not a pleasant experience. Yeah, but they'd also put the um, anaesthetist had put a line in my left arm to mm. obviously monitor. Mm. I don't know what give me fluids. I don't know what they do. But anyway, there was a line in my left arm. This is important. This bit. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why I'm saying left. Um, and so mm. then our son was born at 9.11 a.m. Oh. and taken over to the, you know, the weight. And, yeah. you know, they do all of that beautiful stuff. And he's nine pounds seven. Wow. Thanks for coming yeah. in this little body. <laughs> big, big, healthy boy, right? Um, in less than two minutes, it might have been one minute. I mm. don't know. The doctor looks up over the sheet and says to me we've got a we've got a situation here we might have to do a hysterectomy oh gosh we've got to call down the oncology team oh oncology Mm. yeah that's like elation to like freeze praying isn't it wow yeah Yeah. so my son and hubby had been brought over Mm. And I remember just going, oh, my God, you know, as you do, yeah. my baby, that's yeah. really beautiful. And then the doctor said this. Yeah. And then they took the baby yeah. and my hubby out. Mm. And what had happened, in essence, there's so much to this story, and I hope I make do justice of it, and mm. I hope I don't go yo-yoing, because that's it's, unfortunately uh, what I tend to do as I yo-yo from topic. But there's a lot of information we can feel that you want to share, but your mm. emotion is there as well, and it's, it's a deeply personal mm. experience. Yeah, so it's really personal. Please just take your time and just, Thank it's you. okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yeah, hubby and bub were moved out of the room, mm. and the reason the oncology team had to come down because I'd had the fibroids taken out, I had internal scarring mm. in my uterus. Mm. There's this, it's known, but it's not common. It's called placenta accreta. Oh, gosh. Now, it's when you have mm. sc- scarring, or here's the lining of the uterus, and you have scarring, and the placenta grows into the scarring. Mm. And in worst case scenarios can grow through and into other body organs. Wow. So when you have a cesarean, well, obviously when you have birth, the placenta has to come away. Yes. Right? Mm. So they, and I, I don't know in cesareans whether they take the placenta out or whether it falls out because I don't know that bit. But what happened was when the placenta came out, some of the placenta had grown into the scarring and some came away. Yeah. And where it came away, I was bleeding out. Mm-hmm. So in other words, I was dying. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, So that's why anyone who wasn't important needed to leave the room Mm. now. And it's also why they had to call the oncology team down because apparently they know how to 
fix. I want to say heal. That's not the right word. Yeah. They know the procedure they need to go through to fix this particular situation, whereas mm-hmm. my obstetrician gynecologist didn't. So what they did was, I reckon it was at least half an hour. Mm. Remember I said they put a mm. line in my left arm for the birth. They put a line in my right arm just in case they needed to do the hysterectomy yeah. because the anaesthetist needed to do her thing, yes. whatever that is. Mm. Um, but for half an hour they packed me, literally. I mean, I couldn't see it, but I knew because mm. I could feel the yeah. epidural starting to wear off and I could feel them pushing on me. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so, you know, I'm picturing medical pads mm. soaked with blood mm. just yeah. you know, literally being held there mm. to keep me alive. Wow. In the meantime hubby and bub yeah. are outside and so in that first half an hour before the oncology comes down the obstetrician gynecologist goes out and speaks to hubby and says this is what's gone on you know the placenta's come away it's called placenta accreta she's bleeding out we've called the oncology team down mm-hmm. so that's all she was able to tell him at mm-hmm. the time so he then is like going like what the What's going on? Yeah. Right? yeah. I'm supposed to be here with my wife yeah. and my baby and I'm yeah. here with one and not the other. Yeah. And so then the oncology team comes down. There's more than one person. That's all I can tell you. Um, obviously a doctor and perhaps a few specialists, like nurses or somebody who supports that person. I don't even know that person's name. I wish I did because I'd probably get on my knees and pray to them and thank them for mm for their service to my body it's amazing how there's always one person that just is that extra level of <laughs> knows what to do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes the difference yeah. well so this person came in mm. um and wove their magic mm-hmm. on my uterus which meant it, i didn't need a hysterectomy mm-hmm. wow. wow but before that so obviously that person came in um ascertained the situation spoke to the special my other specialist and went out to speak to hubby because obviously he's like right we need to really give him the full picture because Mm -hmm. the obstetrician gynecologist hadn't been able to or wasn't able to at the time so the oncologist goes out and speaks to hubby and says okay this is what's happened Mm -hmm. the placenta's come away she's bled out worst case scenario and i'm just telling you this because it's the truth and i'd want you to be fully you know cognizant of what could happen here we've seen people die in this situation and so interestingly and i have a recording on my phone and my husband and i found ourselves away a couple of years ago and we were talking about this i said i want to press record so i can keep this yeah and what he said on it was this here i am literally holding the baby literally going this is the most joyous day of my life mm. but it's also the most terrifying because mm. I could lose my life mm. that wasn't planned at 7am when we rocked up mm. at the hospital and so the oncologist came mm. in did their thing and an hour and a half later I found myself totally depleted of blood in our private room at the Wesley Hospital, thank goodness for that, mm-hmm. with my husband and my newborn baby. Wow. And I remember looking at hubby and we just, I think we both were just a bit in shock, surprise, yeah. no, no surprise there. <laughs> but I remember turning to him because the other element of this is 
we at that time knew we couldn't have any more children. Mm. I never knew I'd be a parent of one. Mm. I'm a parent of two because I've got obviously one in spirit who's mm. with me all the time. But I never thought I'd have one child. Mm. And here we were having had such a beautiful pregnancy and making all these decisions. Like we decided we were our little pod. We weren't going to let anyone tell us, you know, your mum or your whoever say you should you know you don't use dummies or you know whatever the thing is that mm. parents tell you they sh- you should or shouldn't do about <laughs> babies we just made the decision right we're going to follow our own inner wisdom around all of this our own parenting um and so here we are in this hospital room looking at each other like hmm what the hell what the yeah, hell just happened yeah. <laughs> but i do remember and clearly i was um out of my mind but at the same time trying to diffuse things a little bit I said maybe we should just sell the house and buy a unit at South Bank in the middle of this that was happening <laughs> but but that wasn't a literal decision yeah it was more a well we're never going to have a big family so why do we need a big house mm. I was you know that's Being that practical very practical which is ridiculous mm. for the situation and all what's but going it's on funny how we kind of move into what's next isn't it and when you've you know being in that life and death situation it's like being practical as a way of moving into staying here you know being next step in life mm. Mm. i also say i've got a virgo moon i say it's my saving grace yeah. <laughs> with all the rest of the water in my astrology chart wow yeah um so it was the the challenge and of course on the other side of that and excuse what i'm about to say but the head fuckery that goes with it mm. because any mum with a bubba gets this question mm. when are you going to have a new one when are you yeah. going to have another one mm. any mother gets it mm. and you, it was really hard for me to call yeah some of the grocery store the checkout chick saying oh what a beautiful bubba he's like too are you having another one mm. you're like going yeah i don't need you to add to my anxiety and stress around this already because i've got to do a lot of healing for mm. myself mm-hmm. Um, so that was really hard. It's an awakening in itself, isn't it? Just uh, that whole trauma, um, mm-hmm. you know, having to go through that and then realising that, you know, maybe this might be the first and the last time or, you know, that you'll be able to have that experience. Yes. And I think that very long story is answering the question that you asked me before, which was, was there a pivotal moment in your awakening? Yeah. Because it was from all of those Mm. three things Mm. and you know there's obviously a lot encompassed in all of those Mm. in such a short period of time um but when our son was about two i then started to realize all of that patterning and stuff from childhood around sensitivity around you're not good enough all of that stuff was it was like an initiation for me and as soon as i realized that as i parented him i reparented myself Mm. boom that's when so much started to happen in my spiritual it's so perfect just with you rolling into that because our next question is you know what things have happened um around you or or for you or to you when you know you you were in well coming through this awakening coming through this um opening you know what yeah yeah, what things 
mums that have been on and we've experienced, you know, can speak for myself too, like in that parenting journey, <laughs> you, your, your inner child it's an awakening in front itself. and center and you, the reparenting opportunity is just huge mm, if we want to embrace that. It's so huge. Mm. And the good thing for me was that I'd been a primary teacher for 10 years mm. and some of the stuff that we've been through with our son at school has been around this concept of highly sensitive children because I... I started to really own the fact that I was a highly sensitive person, yes. yet I hate the word sensitive, and so I changed it to highly aware person. Yes. Because to me, that felt more proactive and positive mm. because I've had all of that conditioning as well around that word sensitive as a child. And so having that recognition or awareness around the fact that as I parented him, I reparented myself, mm. totally changed the dynamics. Mm of how I saw myself. Because I thought, if I'm gonna say this out loud to this little child, mm. as you said before, it's mm. like that reflection back to yeah. me, right? Um, and so as I brought him up, I healed me. is like a daily kind yeah. of give and mm. take, which was really beautiful. That is beautiful. And the amount of times, I don't know if you know um, the author, Dr. Elaine Aaron. She's written these books called Highly Sensitive Person. And I think the other one is Highly Sensitive Child, okay. I think. Um, but coming from that teaching background and acknowledging this is who I am and this is the child I have in front of me as well and I'm going to advocate like any mama bear like mm. you would not believe for this child and some of the things that he had to go through at school I could then fall back on mm. research but I could also fall back on my knowledge as a teacher because mm. it wasn't as if it was a flash in a pan like I'd done it 10 years right, yeah. with primary and so I could go to the schools and I could say in the back of the in book language yeah but here's also a page in the back of the book that says if you're teaching highly sensitive children mm. these are the things that you should be aware of mm. and i remember having a teacher say to me when our son was in year two so he was like what seven um i've never taught a child like yours before mm. and, and i said good or bad or no in a bad <laughs> way yeah that's in what a bad I'm saying. way like there's obviously a judgment there. Yeah. and i said to her we'll get used to it because <laughs> there's more coming i said there's <laughs> I said, there's like 20% of the kids in your class are this. Yeah. You're just not aware of it. And you haven't got someone like me mm -hmm. who is a teacher mm. who is connected to both worlds, mm. who understands highly sensitive kids, showing it to you. Yeah. I'm the one showing it to you, so please learn this. To, yes, yeah. seize it. Um, mm. Ask me questions if you want because that that didn't happen. Yeah. But that's another story. But That's beautiful what you've done because you're changing not only, you know, you're having understanding of um, your child and what he needs and um, you're shifting and changing your views around it but also sharing that with others as well, which kind of leads us to our to the next question, was what have you decided to change, if anything, in your life um, besides parenting and even teaching? Mm. Um, what else have you had to change in your life? Probably about a gazillion things, yeah. but let me try and... Firstly, I dress how I choose. Mm -hmm. And some... I know that might sound like a very silly answer to your question, but when there's so much conditioning around, particularly some of my age, wearing yeah. our silvers, I call my um, my grey hair my inner sparkle. Yes. I let my inner Love sparkle it. out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and you know, just dressing how I feel. Mm. And if I want to do this crazy color combo with crazy jewelry or whatever, that's what I would do. Well, that's right? your energetic vibration, isn't it? It's beautiful. It is. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah. But at the same time, one of the really important factors for me, as I've already said, trying to stay on this planet is it's continually a mm. challenge mm. for me. I really try and be the opposite to what I see mostly happening out in the world mm. meaning i try and show up with kindness and compassion and connection and i'm the one who'll hold the door open for you if you've got a trolley full of stuff and you can't mm. open the door you know if you're at the grocery store or i don't know i just try and show up from that place of heart knowing full well that it won't be received or accepted by everybody mm. but even if it touches one person on any given day mm. then that's okay with mm. me mm. because if I go back to our son's birthing experience I didn't ask those people to help me but they did mm. and that person who literally saved my life mm. is a stranger to me mm but has had such an impact on who I am today. Mm. And the fact that I am still here walking around, literally. Um, so if I can show mm. up and have a similar impact on someone else, mm. I, I really moved, like it was really important to me that people saw Helen was being nice to them, Helen was doing this for them. I've really moved on from that. Yeah. And I'm just like, I will just show up. You know, I'll let you in if you've got your blinker on or I'll, you yeah. know, bring you things I've baked because I've baked too many and you live next door to me or do you know what I mean like it's I just, just innately do it who you are yes holding, yeah. holding yeah. that space of kindness and compassion regardless of what tides are coming and yeah. going yeah. around you the other thing I think um my middle name is Joy yes we love that. we love that yes and I used to hate that yes. middle name we all hate something about our name usually like well maybe that's just my way I don't know <laughs> but I really hated that name and when when we were born so my parents found out a week before they were having twins that they were having twins this is 1970 so it's clearly well, the week yeah. before yeah, yeah. we're in the country there's clearly no scans or anything. <laughs> yes, so I yes. can tell you this right story goes that mum cried for a week and dad chain smoked <laughs> for a week and then they had twins how cute that's so cool and mum wanted these two names and dad didn't like the two names so mum wrote a massive list and the top four names names there was Helen and Joy and then my sister's yes. first and second name yeah. um, so I got Helen Joy and I battled with that name the middle name my whole life mm -hmm. but to to come back to answering the question mm. is it in part it's been reclaiming what brings me joy yeah and so that's probably why I dress the way I dress yeah or why I claim my inner sparkle because it's also a bit of a finger to whoever thinks I should dye my hair brown yeah. or whatever right. color you know I should yeah. dye it too um, so I love the fact that we keep coming back to the fact that you are a non-conformist. Yes, yes. <laughs> a non-conformist. thread through. Yeah, but a non-conformist who has really tried to conform. Yeah. yeah. And I still do. Like I still, you know, pay my taxes and I still drive on the right side of the road mm -hmm. and I still follow the basic rules of society. Yeah. But part of me really wants to live in that cave on the mountain and yeah. never see anybody else ever again. Yeah, when, when I think would, we all have parts of that. Uh, <laughs> well, earlier on, when you were describing around the grounding, how you know the different ways that you practice being in your body, literally, I was envisaging you as you know the guru who goes like Bodhisattva that goes and sits under the tree or on mm. top of the mountain and 
you know, is meditating for 40 days and out of his body, you know, mm-hmm. out of their body. Um, so I, I've lived I, that I, life. I think it's you. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely lived that life, yeah. like, you know, another lifetime ago. But, well, luckily yeah. enough, that's now pretty much the norm, mm. you know, for a lot of people, I think. It's okay to, if you need to withdraw for a few days or it's okay if you need to isolate for a few days or if you need to go and meditate for a few, it's totally okay. People understand, you know, and if they don't, then you hang in with the wrong people. Totally. (laughs) But I can actually do that for days. Yeah. Like, and I don't mean days. I mean, like, I think I could do that for, I don't know, 20 years. Yeah. Um, And just have to go out and what get some food or yeah. i don't yeah. know buy the essentials yeah and just really have feel really nurtured by the people who i bring into my mm. life mm-hmm. i think that's another thing i know everyone talks about you know through their awakening all these people fell away and blah 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 and that i think is a very normal part of life as well mm. but for me one of the big learnings coming back to that bit when i said you know it was really important for me to own that i was a psychic mm. um you know i was part of a particular community and i've moved on from that shifted from that community to other part other community um but i'm very selective now and i don't mean in a controlling way i just mean in a these people value me and my energy and what i can bring Mm. and i value them yeah so let's hang together yeah not oh you know i think you're a guru so i'm gonna now hang out with you and Mm -hmm. you know sit at your feet or you think something special about me, so you have there's none of that yeah. now. It's very much an equal opportunity existence yeah. that I live. Yeah. Um, and even in our household with hubby and son and all the transitions we've gone through and mm. hubby shifting from muggle to part non-muggle, <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Um, you know, things are much easier now mm. because there is that give and take and that equality yeah. in relationships. Mm-hmm. And even if someone is a family member and it feels disingenuous, it's not that I'm rude to them um, because I will try and show up still with, you know, joy and mm. all of that other beautiful vibration. Yeah. Um, but I would choose not to put my energy there, mm. which can be really hard with family members because they want your energy, mm. whether it's, on important days like birthdays or Christmas or whether they just want you because you're, you know, you're our sister or you're our daughter, daughter or yeah. you're our whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's like, actually, no, I get to choose how that is. Yeah. And I know one stage, I think this is coming to me now, I feel like I need to share it. At one stage when I was going through a really hard time, we often um, come up with mantras for ourselves, don't mm. we? And I, I'll close my eyes as I'll try and remember it because I still remember it to this day. Mm. It was, I'd wake up in the morning, first thing, and I'd sit up in bed and I'd put my hands in prayer position and I would say, may everything I do today come from a place of love, compassion and joy for myself and the highest good. Please guide me. Please show me the path I'm here to walk in this lifetime to do the work that I'm here to do. What a beautiful mantra. Mm, I made it up. I still remember it because it was just on repeat. So powerful, yeah. Because I was just going through such a tough time. Now I wake up and I say, good morning, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And that is two things so very resonant of where we've moved from that space where we, you know, it needed to be quite um, a big connection to what we were needing to access as help for what we're getting through 
to the very much the simplicity and dynamicness of where we mm. are at. Mm. But um, do you mind sharing what the tough time was about, or just a little insight around? Was it was a tough time? Why that mantra was your saviour or your grounding? Mm. Was that about finding it difficult about being you or being um, in your daily? roles mm. yeah what i think was happening because i'm just trying to wind my brain back to when that actually was mm-hmm. that was when i had shifted away from one supportive spiritual community mm-hmm. and was here on my own and i felt really isolated mm-hmm. and really lonely and really disconnected because mm-hmm. i felt like i'd done something wrong like i felt like i'd been picture um i don't know back in the forever ago and we all lived in little villages and somebody got disowned and got sent away Mm -hmm. that's how i felt Mm. and so i felt like i was wandering in the the darkness i also knew Mm. i was struggling with my relationship with my husband because it was that am i psychic am i not what does this look like Mm -hmm. i'm disowned from this community um i feel alone i haven't got anyone to talk to I've just felt really lost Mm. and so by saying the first part of that mantra about love compassion and joy I wanted to show up with that for myself Mm, first and foremost Mm. because I felt like I'd been slammed I'd been dragged through the coals Mm. that you know the universe was just knocking me for six Mm. um and I felt pretty hopeless Mm. that night of the soul kind of space very much yeah yeah and so then that second bit of that mantra where, you know, show me, mm-hmm. where should I be? Who should I be? How should I be? Mm. Bring that community to me. And I sat in that space for at least two years. And so for two years felt really lost mm. and didn't know where to go. And that, was, that doesn't mean, oh, I didn't know other people who could help me or whatever. But when you are in that dark night of the soul, this mm. wasn't the void. This was something, I mean, I've been there a thousand times, but that's totally different. This was very much a, who am I mm. and what am I here to do? Yeah. And I, I'm not, you know, yes, go find your purpose or whatever. That, that's not what I mean. Mm. It's more, it was that disconnect. Remember earlier I said about that thread between my body and my spiritual essence. It's like that thread. You know when you hold a thread taut, it's taut. When you let it loose, it goes all floppy. Mm. It's like it was all floppy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was floating around. It didn't know where it was going and what it was doing. And I had mm. to bring back some sense of control yeah. around. Yeah. Okay, you are not going to get hit by a bus. You are not going to die of some awful illness. Even though I nearly did die having a baby. Um, so you are here. Yeah. You have to bring yourself back into your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for two years I sat in that space and that's probably why I can still remember that mantra off by heart because yeah. I said it every single morning. I just knew I had to do something for myself. But how powerful in itself just to even have that mantra mm-hmm. when, you, when you're in that space. Yeah. To know to keep asking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing about that, it comes back to the intro again, the thing about that was it was mine. Yeah. Nobody told me Helen, you should say this every day. And nobody, um, I didn't read it in a book or anything. I actually said, Helen, what do you need? Mm. And I came up with that and that's what I needed in that moment. In this moment today, Mm -hmm. all I need is good morning and thank you. And even some days that's really hard. Mm. 
yeah and i mean i think rasa was one of the ladies who shared like in a time in her life when you know she was losing everything her the thing that got her through to the next step was being in gratitude every single day mm. and it's practicing the mantra and literally becoming that mantra mm. yes that gets you through to the next step isn't it like being present in that mantra mm. yeah because you know you have a day job mm. you have a, a husband mm. you have a house you know there's there's things in your life that are there mm. but yet you're disconnected totally. and alone and feeling this um complete abandonment mm. so mm. it's something more that you're tr- trying to tap into and this is that thing of being a big being that you've mentioned before and like all of us are but the um you know without our purpose we can have everything but we don't have anything mm. enough in this we have thing where wobbly we're strings we have wobbly strings <laughs> <laughs> wobbly strings you know but finding that so you were you were reaching out you know yeah mm. but i think in our society you know there's this find your purpose do your thing you know like it's like but the purpose is classified as it's an external something that i've got to chase Mm. whereas i don't have to chase anything i can just sit here i can be here we can have this conversation i can go out there and i can do my thing but i can still be here Mm. i remember being at a shopping center near me um in brisbane and i was walking through i hate shopping centers fyi the energy in those are just (laughs) really bad um, and I was at one end of the shopping centre, but my energy was right at the other end. This is probably the wobbly string period of yes. my life. And I drew it back. I made a conscious effort to draw that energy back into me. Mm. Um, firstly, because I needed to be in me, mm. not right down the other end of the shopping centre. Um, but secondly, because I can sense all these energies, what was I doing? I was literally inviting everybody in the shopping center to come into me Mm. and that just wasn't so you realized was that a realization of how open you were like which wasn't a good thing for Mm. you in a way um i think it was probably a realization that helen wasn't in her body and you need to actively do things helen to keep yourself in your body yeah that was probably the major realization of that time yeah. and this is quite a number of years ago now yeah. um or let's say six or eight years ago so then i was like okay mm. what are you going to do and so every single day mm. it was it probably coincided with that beautiful mantra as well um the all of those effort. all those bits yeah. you know that that path that comes clear to you yeah um when you're not even aware that because your soul was speaking to you yeah Mm. hence back to the very start where we i read out that thing about how beautiful your soul said finally (laughs) (laughs) it's like let's dance yeah it's like phew she finally woke up yeah because a few people have mentioned about i just had a deja vu when you said the shopping center because a few people have said around seeing themselves at the other end of the Mm. and they've got to walk past all these shops and Mm. there's all the people and the energy field is overwhelmed. Yeah, so what if you then actively said, I'm going to bring you back into me? Because it's only really like um, an accordion. Yeah. You know, like when you stretch it right out. It's yeah. like, well, it, that makes a lovely sound. Mm-hmm. But when it comes in, it makes also a beautiful sound. So mm-hmm. what if you brought all of you back into your body yeah. instead of all these disparate parts mm-hmm. that are floating around wherever? It's beautiful. I think this... I'm going to just ask, though, when we were talking around the subject, because you talk about... Been psychic and your psychic ability. Have you ever practiced 
been as a psychic with people or in that space of reading people or is it something that as a um, interaction or you, is it more something you just do? Mm. I think I've done it all through my um, last 10 or 12 mm. years. Like at one stage I was doing card readings for people mm-hmm. um, and channeling and like I remember being on a retreat um, with a, a beautiful friend and um, I was a participant. So she's a gorgeous friend of mine who was running it and I was like, oh my God, there's like spirit won't leave me alone they want they've got a message for everybody can we just do some channeling for everybody and she says yes okay so then we just did that one time um so i've done all the things and i feel like it's i do the thing and then after a period of time spirit says okay that's enough move on to the next thing yeah so i actually probably only did the card readings for six months Mm might have been a bit more might have been a bit less but then it's like okay no next thing next yeah. thing yeah next thing but what spirit does keep bringing me back to are spaces homes and land yeah um mm. constantly and whenever i'm working with somebody as soon as someone says i'm on a space clearing the whole team comes in yeah um and i've even had because in all of this process as well probably from when my son was two onwards and i really started to open up my channel all of my clear abilities went off the charts. Mm-hmm. So I was, could always feel and sense things, but the other clear abilities really came off the charts. So if I'm working with somebody, mm-hmm. I might be going to bed at night and I'll smell cigarette smoke. There's no one smokes in our house, but someone from oh, their part that. of the world has come <laughs> yes. to visit, right? Yes. Um, so I'm like, oh, thanks for that. Um, yeah, I'm not on duty now. Come back tomorrow. Um, it's crazy. Hey? So it, it is kind of crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, so now I walk into spaces and I can read people, and but I don't actively choose to. So this is yes, the difference yeah. for me, right? Someone might say to me, oh, Helen, my sister needs a healing. Can you do one on her? Actually, I'll give you another example. This is different. Beautiful client of mine is from Sydney. Mm-hmm. She and her husband have moved to LA within the last month or so. He's gone over there for a three-month contract. And they've got little ones, like who are... I don't know, three and six or something like that. And she sends me this text message. Oh my gosh, we're flying out tomorrow. We've got this Airbnb and help, help. It's really bad. Um, and so I said, I'll just get on the phone to her because it's easier, right, to get on the phone. And I said, what's going on? She sent me the photos. I don't normally look at photos. I will look at photos if I feel called, cool, but this was a different situation. So yeah. if someone's selling a house, I won't look at the photos, but she's going to stay in an Airbnb yes. somewhere, right? And you can't get there easily, so... <laughs> I can get there in my own special way. Trick question. Trick question, yeah. Um, and so I tapped into the house and then I spoke to her and I said, okay. She said, what can I do and what can you do? And I said, this is what you can do. And I gave her some suggestions, some guidelines mm-hmm. on what she could do there. But I also said to her, but I won't do a clearing on that house unless the owner gives me permission. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I know this lady well enough and, and she's not asking this next question as a judgment. She really wants to know. She says, why is that the case, Helen? Yes. And I said, it'd be like if I walked into your house when you're not there and yes. just decided to stay for a yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. I said, I don't have your permission to stay in your house mm-hmm. and you staying in this Airbnb, you have permission to stay there, but you don't have permission to do a clearing on it. Yeah. And so I guided her around what she could do to support the space. Mm. I always say, if you get to something that's above your pay grade, let me know. Yeah. Because there is a lot above people's pay grade. Right? People what does that think, mean? Then? What that means is a lot of people know to sage. Okay. But they don't know how to 
do more than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and even when they're saging, here's an example. If I'm walking around and I'm saging and I'm thinking, oh, I want to clear the space, the space feels icky or whatever. Yeah. Um, if they're thinking about the argument they have with their husband or how much they dislike their neighbour or, I don't know, mm-hmm. any other... Distracting thoughts. You know. Distracting negative thought. Mm-hmm. Won't do a thing. Okay. In the space. Won't do a thing. If anything, God, when I'm saging, I'm like thinking about how what I'm doing. Yes, but some people don't. Yeah, right. right. So I can guide her as to what she, at her pay grade, can do in the space. Mm. But look, there are so many things that are coming through at the moment. Um, as we know, spirit upgrades us when we're good and ready mm. <laughs> for it. Yeah. Um, and so the last year or so I'm seeing much more not extreme but more detailed and um, it's not challenging it's not the right word just more difficult things that I would not have seen five years ago yeah and so therefore you need to know what your pay grade is around all of this kind Love of stuff. Love that expression <laughs> it's kind of it's pretty cool what makes what do you call it that just if you don't mind me asking um just yeah, no, I don't know. Level of expertise, like level of experience, yeah. level of knowledge around something. Yeah. yeah. And it's it. also, you know, if we go, like when I started as a teacher, I was a beginning teacher. Mm. I didn't know what I knew yeah. once I had taught for 10 years. Do you know what I mean? Of course. Yeah, yeah. So I've got all that experience. Mm. And that's how I see it now in the spiritual space. Mm. No matter who you're working with, make sure the person can work at the pay grade you need yes um yeah. and if not then just ask around somebody will know yeah you're gonna have to feel it out and go with your own intuition i think or your own gut feeling yeah, yeah. a level of alignment with the person or the level of um i guess integrity that mm. is in the space integrity is a really important factor for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think that a lot of people don't come from a place of integrity regardless of what work they do we only have to look on Instagram, so I'd interrupt you with um, some of the people who are doing amazing things in this space of sharing information and the number of fake accounts that jump up. Like, mm. you know, and that's distinct of people's needing, looking for things, yes. pretending to be someone else. So there's you know, all different levels of that mm. lack of integrity in every space. Mm. So, And there's know, a hunger mm-hmm. for it. People. People really need support. Yes. They need guidance. Mm. There's there's a reason why all of this spiritual stuff has come out in the last however many years and the growth of it. Like mm. that, there's a reason for the evolution on our planet. That's a total other conversation. But finding the person with the integrity level that you need mm. is really really important. And I think that a lot of people don't pause to ask themselves, "Is this the right person for me?" Mm. And that's why, you know, sharing that example about space clearing, mm-hmm. everyone has to start somewhere. But you need to know, really. Like, for mm. me, with my health issues, I knew there was something else. Mm. And I just had to keep trying the next doctor, the next this, the next that, to get to the right person. Mm. It's the same kind of thing, I yeah. think, when we work in a spiritual space. Don't give over or gift over mm. your empowerment to somebody else believing that they know you better than you know you yeah mm. i think that seems to be the very thread that's coming through at the moment yeah mm. yeah 
Um, we do have to keep moving, so I'm going to mm. go on to the next question. Yes, sure. Sorry. <laughs> time has so gone so fast. It's flown by. But what do you do now, um, Helen, to support yourself for staying in the moment or for you staying grounded? <laughs> <laughs> I consciously acknowledge the fact that half the time I'm not mm-hmm. because that's part of the process. Mm. If I'm fully aware of the fact that I can be somewhere else doing something else but I'm here with you ladies, I'm consciously going, okay, mm-hmm. you are here yeah. having this conversation. This is where you need to be. Give it your full presence. Mm. And also giving you guys my full presence doesn't mean I'm out there now thinking about my trip home yeah. or what I'm doing tomorrow. Yeah, It's... It's a real juggling act for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yes, I can do all those things with, you know, moving my body. Like I do Pilates twice a week. It's mm-hmm. a really important part of my um, body, you know, essence and yeah. keeping me physically fit but also strong and here. Yeah. Because if I, if I don't feel strong and here, then what am I doing? Yeah. One of the things that I've had since being very small and being um, consciously able to remember it so probably from about six or seven I I have this thing when I go to sleep and the only thing I can call it is called elephant arms it's ridiculous but that's my child brain but I lie there in bed and my arms literally get big and expand which is essentially me leaving my body right right? because then what happens is other parts of my body go with it but it always starts with my arms so you know my arms are like this size and I can touch them but then I call them elephant arms because they just get really big and they expand and my energy body disappears right that can happen to me during the day Mm. and I can also feel like you know I'm all over Mm. so it's like wearing clothes that feel comfortable on my skin mm. um, eating foods that really nurture me if i'm fully out of my body i know to go to those root vegetables constantly yeah. right always trying to eat something from mother earth that grew yeah, under potato. the soil <laughs> yeah me too any potato give it to me right i could just eat them all day so i'm consciously aware of what i put in my body and what i do for it mm. And I try and move it in a way that's right for me. So, yeah. again, I won't listen to someone who says you should run, I don't know, 10 kilometres or whatever. Yeah. I just go, this is what's right for me. Mm. Um, and I will try and put myself in situations with people who encourage that of me as well. So I won't go now to somewhere which will take me out of my body because yeah. I don't need that. Yeah, I will go somewhere which, you know, to a workshop. There's There's few things that I'm interested in going to now 10 years ago I went to everything yeah now I'm it's not that I'm selective it's just like the things aren't there that I'm interested in going to so I have to provide them for myself so one thing I was doing there's um this reserve near us in Brisbane called White's Hill Reserve Mm -hmm. um and there's big trees and there's koalas and there's all sorts of cool animals and it's a beautiful walking paths and stuff and so i'll take my drum and i'll sit up there and i'll drum nice. so that connects me with mother earth's heartbeat and my heartbeat and mm. i don't care who looks at me i invite people to sit with me if they want no one does because yeah. they think i'm fruit loop it doesn't bother me <laughs> yeah but, but you're I, harmonizing with, yes with the land. yes yeah, with the spirits. yes yeah. so once i shifted from that you know i'm it's important i'm a psychic get me out of my body yeah. to hold on a second Helen really what are you doing mm. 
then it steps into that how do I stay in my body and what are all the things Mm, Um, yeah and as I've already said I just kind of pick from that toolkit I've got so many things in that physical and metaphorical toolkit that I just do Um, I'm very non-conformist irregular in my routine yeah unreal (laughs) I don't know if that's even a real thing but (laughs) (laughs) um so you know someone's organized chaos totally totally, even though I can't stand organized chaos but um but you know someone says you're supposed to journal and so then you journal and you think journaling's not for me but someone told me I should do it so I should do it like no yeah don't even bother doing I don't do that anymore I shredded all my journals actually that was such a relieving lightning kind of thing I just shredded them all Mm. um so it's really what can I nourish my body with yeah how can I move my body in a way that's right for me I don't push myself to extremes yeah um I volunteer that to me is a really important part of it that's a new thing to my toolkit yeah um where I do this volunteering and I just get to with people with, or animals? With people. Yeah. But I really... The animal thing is coming to, has been coming to me for ages. There's a koala um, rehab space not far from me as well. And I've mm-hmm. thought of maybe going there. Because in our area, there's signs up about koalas. And there's, they're often hit yeah. and injured. Yes. And so, yeah. I mean, we mm. have a cat and a dog. And I'm their magnet. Yes. Which is really lovely. Because they certainly keep me grounded. Um, the cat sleeps between my feet every night. <laughs> Not very easy. Lovely. Yeah, it's really sweet, but it's a pain in the neck at the same time. Um, but yeah, I'd love to do some volunteering with some animals somewhere mm. down the track. But at the moment, it's with people in a physical Beautiful. space. And you never know who's going to come in. And that's exactly. the beauty of it. Yep. There's people from all walks of life. And I get the opportunity to mm-hmm. expand my horizons yeah. because I am very much that in the cave. Yeah, chick, so. yeah. Because wow. what, what you were saying before around the whole um, doing the, the the psychic card readings for six months and it's it feels like soul is kind of um, leading you through experiences to reconnect with them and let them go again, but at the same time at a level of knowingness, fresh knowingness around the experience. Yes, definitely. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, you've done that. Tick, there's your report card. Move on to the next thing. <laughs> you yes. just keep, you just keep going. Then that's the good beauty of being able to now go. How do I feel? And what do I want? Mm. Because when spirit drops all those things in, then I can go. Oh yeah, that's that's where I need to go. It's mm. very much that co-collaboration, which you know can be overused that word. Um, but if you are fully connected with your spirit team, you know where to go. Yeah. You still might make a, I don't know, a right turn instead of a left and totally stuff up. Or or Um, you might make that mistake, but something else amazing. Came in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last year I had um, in September, October, November, December, all like things happened, something with our son, something with um, family member, something with family member, um, something with business. And it was like slam, 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 slam. And I was like, okay, you can stop now. <laughs> you can stop. Um, but it took me a while to get the lesson and yeah. the learning from it. Yeah. Um, but sometimes we have to go through those Absolutely. to get to the other side and know that, you know, all of that stuff was death stuff. It mm-hmm. wasn't death of people um, or anything in, in that regard, but it was death of a way of being yeah. in each of those instances. With which, relationships. Yeah, yep. yeah, with relationships, but with myself and with my business. Yeah. Um, and so 
you know, some of that is the dust is still settling, mm. but the learnings from that have mm. been immense. Mm. Um, and that's that spirit just upgrading you. Even Absolutely. though, I, again, I don't like that word, spirit shifting me to where I need to be um, in a moment. Upgrading your pay, pay level. Yes. <laughs> your pay grade. I think so. They've upgraded my pay grade a lot in the last 12 months. <laughs> so coming back to the death thing, because we're coming up to our last mm. question of like, you know, bring it into the holistic sphere. With the near-death experience with um, with the birth of your son, you know, because loss of blood, you know, and so it also keeps coming to me about the anaesthetic experience for you being so sensitive, like, you know, again, it's out-of-body mm-hmm. <laughs> experience. Um, and loss of blood is a similar thing where you, you know, you are dying mm-hmm. and you're out-of-body and there's all sorts of chemical things happening in your body or... Um, do you think that that um, again up, upsize your pay grade, like the NDE? Basically, like, do you have any like cognitive experiences around when you were there and you could feel impressing on you? Were you did you just sort of like close out, or were you aware of being out of your body or um, in a space where you didn't care what happened? All of the above. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting question because all like on a practical Helen in her head in that moment, mm. all they wanted to do was be alive to hold my baby. Mm. Like literally. Like they could have taken my uterus out. They didn't. You know, it was touch and go for a few days, lots of blood transfusions and all mm-hmm. the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Too long a stay in hospital, you felt like you were in a cage. Yeah. Um but all I wanted to do, because I loved being pregnant, mm. I said that, I loved it. And I really wanted to hold that baby. Mm. So on a practical level, that was your calling. That was where into... that was calling me back into my body. Yeah. But I can tell you I wasn't there. Mm. Um, whether it was fear, whether it was fright, whether it was trauma, and mm. whether it was spirit taking me somewhere, mm. um, all I can tell you was I was in my body, but I wasn't in my body. And particularly once I had both arms out with a line in both arms. Mm. Um, And I do feel like with the doctors and the epidural wearing off and me starting to feel that and having to say, you know, it's hurting Mm. and they they needed to up the drugs or whatever. Yeah. um, That was spirit, I think, inviting me. Do you want there, meaning Mm. off the planet, or do you want here? Mm -hmm. Like we're going to give you the choice. Um, and given I'd already had a few kind of touch points, you know, with the previous pregnancy, which was a miscarriage and then the fibroid operation, I feel like they really gave me a couple of touch points already. Yeah. And this was an invitation to go, you get to choose. We don't care either way. Mm-hmm. And I chose to be here, yet it's been really hard. Mm-hmm. Like I still find it really hard to drive around and be out there in the world and go, why are you abusing that person? Why are you being so mean to that person? Like I feel mm-hmm. like that that situation was when I had that real shift around empathy. I was always empathic. That's mm-hmm. different. Um, and I was al- always felt empathy for people. But from that point moving forward, I feel like it was on a totally different level. Took a while for it to integrate. It's nearly like um, 
18 years. No, <laughs> hopefully not that long. Oh, my gosh. Oh, your son is not just joking. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. But, but you know, kind of like, um, I don't know when you get your hair done mm-hmm. and it's a totally new hairstyle and it takes you a while to get used to it. You look at yourself in the mirror and you go, hold on, that's not me because I haven't seen my cheekbones that way or my eyes that way because of the way your hair falls. Yeah. Silly analogy, I realised, no, but it was it's perfect. it was similar really, yeah. in that you know I would look at myself and I would feel into myself, mm. and I didn't know really who I was, and it took me a long time mm. to go. You chose to be here, and I had someone tell me over the last couple of years, um, you know, you made that decision. Mm. Get on with it, mm. and that Snap. yeah. <laughs> And that's okay because that's clearly what I needed, right? Because I'd oscillated between should I be here, should I not, this is annoying me, I love this, you know, all the pendulum swings that you can possibly imagine. Um, And then I eventually, today, sitting here, I can still say to you it's really hard but my choice is to be here and my choice is to show up in a way that for me brings love empathy connection compassion to me as equally as it does to other people and i'm hoping that doesn't come across as ego i'm hoping that comes across as the world's fucking hard Mm. and you know if i cry right this moment then that's also okay Mm. because we don't gift people permission to show their emotions Mm. in a way they need to the best thing that the best sentence that was taught to me by beautiful Kendall who you have already spoken with on your podcast is what do you need right now because Mm. you might be falling apart there was a lady yesterday I came across and she had a some a family incident happened boom and she you know everything's going fine and then boom it's not right (laughs) and so I had a conversation with her just to understand what was going on and then I said what do you need right now because it's so easy for me to go, well, you need a cup of tea and you need to get in the car and you need to make the phone call. What Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's so... The action plan. Yeah, it's so yeah. easy to go into tick and flip, do these things and you'll be fine mode. Yeah. No, what do you actually need right now? Yeah. And so if I can come back to what does Helen need right now, guarantee other people need that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm hearing you. That's a beautiful, beautiful way to lead into our next question well Jen, I'm going to jump in (laughs) (laughs) I know you love when I do that (laughs) because it's like because it's literally the world is in overwhelm like you Mm. said it's fucking hard Mm. overwhelm now with Mm. you know we've beat the biggest gong around staying off in mainstream media and all this kind of thing because the distraction it is and the, the trauma that's in the world with the war here the this and the that shouldn't be happening already it's Mm. like fucking done and dusted with all of that Mm. and as a big being coming in and there's you know everyone is a big being we've again we spoke about this recently with um someone that's coming out this week (laughs) we've chosen to be here in this time and but it's hard Mm. when you um have that thin veil between your the two worlds the two worlds yeah. to be here mm. because it's like well you know i wanted to be here yes but i didn't think it was going to be this messed up mm. i should just go yeah, totally <laughs> no no stay <laughs> i should just go no no stay. The struggle mm. so yeah. it's like you know for you for 
having the courage to continue on this journey that you've chosen to be here for mm. um, isn't easy to keep upholding but obviously there's levels of transition and there's levels of um, upgrading through what you have to offer and how you're offering others so uh, thank you for doing that mm. you're welcome yeah. you're welcome yeah so now we're going to ask the last question <laughs> my favorite question of all just for your view to hear your viewpoint of course is how do you see the world now through helen's eyes <laughs> that is okay mm. honestly I see the world as a bit fucked up. Mm. And this is where I will cry. Yeah, my heart's just beating yeah, watching you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that we have done a really good job of treating each other mm. with such disrespect. Mm. Whether it's individually, whether it's culturally, whether it's globally. The people, in inverted commas, mm. who run the world mm. shouldn't be running the world. Um, and it's important that we all make a decision. Mm. We all own the fuckery we brought to that. Yeah. I. It's really hard for me sitting here today mm. saying mm. I can tell you probably a gazillion times I've done the wrong thing right mm. if I attach to those things and you know I haven't murdered anyone or I haven't yeah. done you know those but you know I've said nasty words to people I've done things mm. that I shouldn't have done mm. or said things I shouldn't have said we all have we all, we all have. have yes yeah, yeah. But by then going, okay, I can own those. I don't have to be attached to those. But what am I going to learn from that mm. moving forward? Mm. There was someone come into the place I volunteer yesterday who does not fit the normal mould mm. for a person, in inverted commas, on our planet such a beautiful soul essence mm. i was so blessed to be able to spend time with this person it was only a few minutes mm. doesn't matter yeah. the impact that person has had on me and i've already gone home and spoken to my family about it mm. has been immense mm. so what if yeah. instead of going mm. because i don't do this i don't go well the world's fucked up i'm just gonna stay home i love staying home but it doesn't stop me from going out and doing the things right yeah. but if I consciously say I can't cope with how the world is, I'm going to actively work towards changing it, maybe I can make just a little bit of a difference. Absolutely. Maybe I can make a lot of difference. Once upon a time, my ego needed to know what that difference was. Now I don't actually give a toss. Now mm. I just want to show up and make a difference. Yeah. So I do see the world as a hard place. Mm. I do worry for my beautiful, mm. aware child. Yeah. Um, but knowing full well that he has had the learnings that he needs and he will continue to receive the learnings that he needs for his soul evolution, Absolutely. totally fine, yeah. right? Um, but being cognizant of the fact that there are people out there who like mm. to 
make the world a misery for other people. Mm. There are people out there who like to not make fun of you because of whatever. Mm. We don't have to play their game. Yeah. We can choose to go, you can just go over there, mm. fuck off. <laughs> yeah. I will stay here in my practical spiritual bubble mm. um, and work in a way that will hopefully bring shift and change to this planet. I am no Nelson Mandela. I am no oh, Queen Elizabeth, even though that's a totally different Gandhi. kind of... No, Gandhi. Like, I, that's not me. But it is also me. Yeah. Like, the message that I can share, even if I'm sitting with one person having a cup of tea, right, mm. a friend or someone I don't know, or this person I had the beauty of spending time with yesterday for a few minutes. If I can get to the end of my day and I can reflect and go... I feel like I showed up in a way that is opposite to the energy I'm feeling on this planet, mm. then I can, okay, go to sleep, hopefully, if the cat lets me go to sleep. And your elephant arms. And my elephant arms. <laughs> exactly, because yeah. that's them when I'm off doing all my other stuff, even though I'm also doing it when I'm walking. It's very weird. Yeah, like, we wouldn't talk about that one day. <laughs> um, so I know a lot of people might say that that is... Um, a really bad way to see the world it's honest it's honest and i'm old enough now to have experienced a lot of different shifts and changes on the planet and in my own life yeah. um and you know it's not that oh when i was a kid or whatever it was easy it wasn't it was just different yeah, yeah. um but there's more people on the planet now we are killing our planet we are the biggest disaster that this planet is facing not all the other beautiful sentient beings that live here mm -hmm. we are we fucked it up mm. so we need to own that yeah there are people owning that but we need more people to own it i yeah. agree i mm -hmm. agree exactly with what you just said and it's funny because um someone i sat with last night who is a very big picture person <laughs> said this exact thing that what you're saying you know if we could all it's not about the distractions that are going on it's about coming back and leaving the space that you're in better than you know you you entered it yes. in any situation. Yes. Um, and that is what's going to shift the planet. Mm. You know, not. Yeah, and being you know. aware of the fact of the impact that will have on the planet. Yeah. That's why I've come through with this, you know, space land kind of thing because it's like I can feel into that. Mm. And if I'm not a blithering idiot when I'm doing the work I'm doing, then I'm doing something wrong, mm. right? Because the earth is in pain, we are all in pain. You know, we need to show up and we need to yeah come something. together and, and create a, a better space. Yeah, because what I'm hearing you saying is like you haven't got your blinkers on. You you are acknowledging what it is you're feeling, and when mm. you're playing your drum on the hill, mm. yeah. you're helping activating. You'll be working to help the earth as much as you are with volunteering with as much as you are holding space in any situation you are in as you move around yeah your day and your night yeah. yeah and you know hopefully this doesn't sound like i've got a big head but i do feel like wherever i go bringing my essence there brings a sense of healing mm. to whatever it is i'm doing whether it's only for a short moment or whether mm. it's for hours or days it doesn't mm. matter but when i travel i'm usually of service um, spirit will tell me to do this you know there or that then or whatever yeah. I don't need to be in that physical space to do it but I'm traveling for example to Europe over Christmas and I'll guarantee 
mm-hmm. they'll have some clan. Magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some magic. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Which I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, but also sometimes it's nice to have a holiday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Switch off. Yes. Yeah. Be in the space you're in. That was oh, really, really beautiful. Thank you, Thank you so yeah. much for joining us on Girl Awakening. It's been a definite journey. It's been That's a joy. Sure. Yeah, it's Thank been a joy you. in every way. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And Thank if you any of our listeners want to um, tap into um, Helen's joy, yeah, <laughs> the space clearing mm-hmm. and any of that stuff, she has mm-hmm. a wonderful website which we'll put on the bottom of this podcast. Um, and with everything else, your Instagram handle and all of that wonderful. And um, Instagram is actually a, a place of, of fun and creativity because you, you, know, you need to go there and find out why. But how you can dress for the day, let me just say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's fun it's, though, right? Yeah, it's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, it's been beautiful. Love it. Thank you, Helen. Mm. Thank you so much I for joining You're welcome. You. Thank you. She comes in my dreams. Thank you for listening to our Girl Awakening podcast. We are also on YouTube as Girl Awakening. We'd love to see you there with comments on how our guests resonated with you or your own awakening. Please share the love with a like and subscribe while you're there. A blissful thank you to Ksenia Luki, the amazing artist behind our theme song. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.